0: Hello and welcome to Third and Long, Australia's newest podcast series. We are going to give 360-degree all-access passes for all things NFL with an Aussie twist. Third and Long is brought to you by Little Birdie TV and is sponsored by topsports.com.au. My name is Mark Goodwill and today I'll be joined by a couple of co-hosts. Let me introduce them. One is a dual premiership AFL player and AFL MVP for North Melbourne, Corey McKernan. And secondly, we have a sports journalist, Paige Cordona from NFL Australia. And previously she was with both ESPN and Fox Sports. Hello to you both. Welcome. Good evening, Marco. Hey, guys.
1: Hello, Very Marco. Good. Corey. Good to be here.
0: Welcome, Paige. We'll start with you, ladies first, on uh, Third and Long. Um, people will know you well in AFL circles, uh, but you are a massive NFL fan, uh, diehard 49ers, As you see, you can dressed up uh, for the occasion today with the jersey on. Uh, what have you got us? What have you got for us this year?
1: Oh, look, Marco, firstly, great to be here on the third and long, but... um it's been an interesting off-season, particularly throughout the preseason as well. We've seen so much uh, happen and unfurl across the NFL since the Buccaneers held up the Lombardi Trophy early this year. Um, I think we're going to see some big headlines this year. A few franchises I'm really looking forward to discussing throughout the journey. And um, certainly this year, there's going to be lots of analysis, lots of talk, lots of discussion on, on who might be taking home uh, the Super Bowl this year. But uh, as always... We're not far from controversy in the NFL, so no doubt we're going to have plenty to talk about this year.
0: Yeah, Paige has got uh, – she'll be kicking off our first segment with uh, Front Page News. We will be coming up shortly. She's had to uh, reorder the numbers with news overnight, so we'll catch up with that shortly. Uh, Corey, welcome. Uh, this man apparently needs no introduction, although i have just uh, giving him a good one. Uh, he's been doing incredible work with his mental health platform, Uh is called Walk With Me Online. So if you haven't heard about it or something, we'll be talking about it throughout the year and through the show. Definitely check it out. Um, Corey's been in the NFL space for a long time now, both with uh, involved in his Super Bowl parties and also the tours that he takes over to America. Uh, plenty of people will be tuning in to uh, see how Corey goes. He's unfortunately a huge Colts fan. We won't hold that against him. He's got plenty of stories to tell. Um, welcome, Corey. And uh, what do you expect from third and long and the season ahead?
2: Uh, thanks Marco. No, well look, it's it's not far off that Thursday, Monday, and Tuesday are my favorite days of the week again. So for all the Aussie NFL fans, Fridays are brilliant. We get one game. Monday, well, who said Monday suck because they don't. From soon to be those early season games are gonna be a killer starting at three AM, but going all the way through to lunchtime and what better way to spend a Monday than uh, watching the NFL and and hopefully having a punt as well?
0: Yeah, we'll be uh,
2: we'll be opening up the
0: little birdie office early come Mondays and uh, hopefully we might have some live footage as the year goes on as well. But uh, it's a good little NFL community that gets up Monday morning and as Corey says, we start from uh, three a.m. and go through to lunchtime. But with daylight saving everything, it actually uh, gets better as the season goes on. Brutal.
2: Brutal, brutal start at 3 a.m. But when daylight savings finish, when it starts at 5 a.m. and goes all the way through to 2 in the afternoon, what better way to spend a Monday?
0: All right, there's the introductions over with. So we'll be back shortly with our first segment, which will be led by Paige Garona with Front Page News.
2: Breaking News.
0: Okay, welcome back to Third and Long. Uh, This segment, we're calling it Front Page News. Uh, It's been a monster off-season. And also a preseason. the news has been going on just in the last 24 hours as we go to air. We're going to bring in Paige Gardona and we're going to go over her Fast Five, the uh, top news items for the week leading in before the season kicks underway. Paige,
1: take it away. Thanks, Marco. Well, we're going to start in New England and Bill Belichick and the New England back office have pulled a huge surprise overnight by releasing quarterback Cam Newton from the initial 53-man roster of which all NFL franchises have had until today to finalise it comes as the first round draftee Mac Jones put in a scintillating performance in the preseason to put his hand up for the QB1 job ahead of Newton, showing great poise, footwork and really a great arm that suggests that he's going to be the new offence leader of the new era of the Patriots. Over at the Texans, they have a huge call to make on controversial quarterback Deshaun Watson, who is still facing 22 sexual assault lawsuits and a criminal investigation the texans re-contracted the explosive qb last last year for a whopping 160 million and the franchise is under pressure to make a call on watson who they can still keep on the texans list via a loophole called the exemption list whereby a player can remain a paid employee of a franchise while on leave this means that watson can be retained rather than be given a designated spot on the roster for him while the nfl and houston police can complete the ongoing investigations over in San Francisco well the 49ers have wheeled out their first round QB throughout this preseason and doesn't Trey Lance look like a ripper he's showing exactly why he's more than ready to play snaps this year and under the guidance of experienced QB Jimmy Garoppolo he has returned from injury in great shape himself and the 49ers now in an envious position where they can enter the season with an option of streaming both QBs over at Indianapolis, the Colts have had some updates on T.Y. Hilton, who has escaped a seizing-ending neck injury with scans revealing the wideout has a disc issue and will rule him out for an unknown period of time. However, the biggest talking point out of this is that Indy QB Carson Wentz has been put on the COVID-19 list, which is bad timing having just returned from foot surgery. It's a huge season for Wentz, who came across from the Eagles in a high-profile trade during the off-season. And to finish, over in New Orleans... The Saints have fled Louisiana as the state comes under Hurricane Naira threat and are practising currently at the Cowboys' AT&T Stadium. They're set to host the season opener at the Superdome against the Packers and so much remains unclear as to what will happen there. It may indeed still be moved to AT&T Stadium, but we're still managing the chaos. It is not the same type of impact and destruction that we saw in Hurricane Katrina some years ago and so far there's no significant damage to the Superdome. But, boys... Let's go back and quickly discuss a few things here. Marco, you are the Patriots, man. What do you make of this situation in New England? And is there a fear about exposing Mac Jones too early without, well, at the moment, a genuine backup?
0: Yeah, it's a surprise, surprise decision there, Paige, I would have thought. Um, I think we were only speaking about it uh, a couple of days ago that you thought that uh, Cam Newton would lead in maybe the first two to four weeks at least. Um, and they would go with Mac Jones as the backup. It provided the um, comfort that knowing that if Newton did achieve, then they could keep going and uh, protect Mac Jones a bit. But um, they've decided to uh, cut ties and go one out with Mac Jones. So I can only say that uh, he's uh, he's impressed Belichick uh, enough and given him the confidence that uh, maybe he sees a young Tom Brady on the horizon with uh, the new era of Mac Jones. I, I know. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he, I think his, his drives in the pre-season, I know it was pre-season, but uh, he scored on all of them. I think he went eight for eight. So he's obviously uh, in Bill's good books at the moment. They've just got to go without Newton. I don't know if there was any relation uh, to COVID or anything like that, um, whether they needed to carry him, uh, whether he's done anything wrong by uh, the organisation. But, uh, yeah, Mac Jones, he, he, he looks the goods at this stage and he's obviously got uh, – Bill's not going to make a mistake uh, – of letting Newton go unless Mac Jones is ready to go, in my opinion.
1: And Corey, you've got some pretty interesting thoughts on the situation at New England. How do you take the news with Cam Newton's, uh, you know, news on being released?
2: I I always thought it was always like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. And uh, when you hear about the famous Patriot way and, you know, I mean, everyone sort of the famous mantra about do your job, well, I wouldn't have thought even little things like, you know, I mean, rolling up to press conference, let's face it, dressed like Howdy Doody wearing some of those hats he's wearing. And, um, you know, even with the recent protocol breach, you know, I mean, all the, you talk about adding up all the little things that make you a starter in the NFL. Well, I think all that happened is that Cam Newton, Cam Newton in the end gave the Patriots more than enough excuses to let him go. I don't think he, for mine, he didn't make every post a winner about doing all the little things. And and I mean, even the way that you turn up to press conference, I'm all for, you know, I mean, today's um, athletes, are, I mean, they're all individuals and they all want to do their own thing. Not a, not in a New England. You're talking about Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And I just think all those little things caught up with him, never mind his performance on the field was sometimes scratchy at best. I think he was seven and nine last year, wasn't he, Paige? Yeah, he...
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: seven and eight, he, I think.
1: Seven and eight, yep.
2: So, look, I, I don't know. It's it's no surprise. But, look, I, I think he might get a job somewhere else as a backup. But I'm looking forward to the era that's Mac Jones. I think it's pretty exciting. There's so many young quarterbacks that are going to be starting week one. Someone has to fail and someone has to succeed. <laughs> but do you but think
0: – can, right. I, can, I, can I just ask – sorry. Can I just ask both of you that – if, if if Newton's prepared or his only option is to go a backup somewhere else, then wouldn't it have been best to stay at the Patriots, potentially being the backup, being in the system and having the offseason ready to go? Isn't it a harder clause by maybe the only options he's got, unless a quarterback does get injured, uh, he's going to be a backup somewhere else, which puts him behind the eight ball going into this season?
1: It's so it's a really interesting theory, Marco. I mean, I don't think I think he's now incumbent at at the Pats. That's that's my opinion. I think now that he's been um, released, I think he's done and dusted under the Belichick era. But I mean, there, there are other teams when you think about it that actually may house a spot for him. I mean, we look at what's happening at at the Cowboys and Dak Prescott's shoulder is still suspect. Um, We know he's coming off a serious ankle injury that occurred last season. Um, There could be an opportunity there, particularly because they've got no QB backup in sight right now. Um, Atlanta, they've just lost AJ McCarron to a knee and really have no backup behind Matt Ryan. Um, he could even go to to Washington, perhaps, link up with Ron Riviera. We know the two shared a pretty special bond at Carolina where Riviera made him an MVP and we saw the Panthers push all the way into a Super Bowl. Um, there's also really an, an opening at the Broncos as well. They've got Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Are they gonna win your games? Probably not. Um, and well the Texans, they've got their own issues, as we said earlier, with with Deshaun Watson. So I think it's, he's got options and he did put out a post today and actually said, don't feel sorry for me. Um, I'm going to be okay. To me, that suggests that he's probably going to land on his feet somewhere and I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of those five teams. Okay. But I mean, look, let's go over to to the Colts and and your mob, Corey, I know you you love Indy, but the the T.Y. Hilton injury, you know, is, that's, that's really unfortunate, but something that could have been prevented is this whole Carson Wentz situation. As a Colts fan, this must be incredibly frustrating for you. I mean, what's your take on on the Wentz situation?
2: Uh, It's a situation that seems like it's happening in a few teams at the moment. And if it comes down to being vaccinated or not vaccinated, um, the NFL have got a real funny stance about it. They're fully supportive if you don't want to get vaccinated, but if you cost them games or your team games, uh, they have not got a sense of humour about it. Unfortunately, I think if you're a franchise quarterback, um, we did mention someone else. Uh, there is another franchise quarterback for another team. that
1: Brian Tannehill, number, wasn't it?
2: Uh, there's another one that wears number 12. I have serious doubts <laughs> over whether he's vaccinated, but we're not going near that <laughs> one, are we? Um but no uh, look at the I, I prize, think in regards to
1: prize lamb.
2: Yes, in regards to Indy, look, it's it's it is disappointing that look they're they're locked and loaded and they're you know, I mean they're doing some really good things over the last few years with Chris Ballard and the way that they put that team together. And you know, I mean, I know that by not having Carson Wentz their week one is it, potentially not their week one is actually going to be uh you're, I might actually get the call-up page, even with my <laughs> dinky shoulder, and uh, we might we might be putting on the pads because <laughs> I think the Colts are in all sorts of trouble for that week. Could potentially be in trouble for that week one slot.
1: Look, you're not wrong, and I mean just having a look at their schedule, and I, and I had a look at this, and we know that how important the first five games of the year are. It, it sets you up, and when you take a look at this. The the Colts have been given the ultimate schedule, in my opinion. I think they have the best schedule out of all franchises this year. They faced the Seahawks, the Rams, Titans, Dolphins and Ravens in the first five games. And let me tell you, you are not winning those games with Jacob Eason at backup. I'm I'm calling it right now. And if you do, I will eat my words. But you've also got Sam Allinger, who's hurt. He's not going to be an option either. Um, Marco if you're an NFL player, you've got the option to be vaccinated or not vaccinated, knowing the implications. (laughs) What are you taking here?
0: (laughs) I didn't think we were going to get political on the first show at third and long. (laughs) Uh, We don't want to be making headline statements of uh, of what
1: our personal – Surely there's a point now that you're starting to lose a competitive edge.
2: I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll reframe it. No, let me reframe <laughs> it, Marco. You're getting $30 million yeah. a year, Mark. Yeah,
1: let's throw some context you, in. Probably and some. You,
0: would you get it done? If I'm getting Brady-type money, I'm getting jabbed in both arms.
1: There you go. You've heard it here first and <laughs> the third of the long. We're, uh, we're going to touch quickly on the 49ers. Now, I'm pretty excited by this. Trey Lance taking a pick three in the NFL draft just recently, Looks an absolute player. Uh, I'm pretty surprised that Jimmy Garoppolo has come back in the nick that he has. I don't think many perhaps thought that he would be performing pretty well. But uh, Corey, Jimmy G, he put on a bit of a show during the preseason, didn't he? He looks in pretty good uh, good shape and he's been driving with his, with his legs and not so much his arms. How, how, what's your thought?
2: Yeah, it's it's amazing what you do when uh, suddenly you get a bit a bit of pressure and a bit of competition. Does it makes you get up early and get your ass moving and do all the extras? I'm not suggesting he wasn't, but look, it's uh I think your mob anyway. Yeah, you know, I mean you had a lot of injuries last year and you're missing some key players, and uh, it was it probably couldn't have worked out any any better. You know, what I mean in terms of I know you traded up to originally from what I'd heard this morning watching uh, the NFL TV this morning that I think originally the 49ers had traded up to get, um, who did they get we we're talking about this morning? Um, my name escapes me.
1: <laughs> who are we talking about? To get Trey Lance?
2: Yes. They wanted to get Mac Jones first, didn't they?
1: There was thoughts they they'd worked out justin fields mac jones and uh and trey lance and i think they they just thought well there was a higher ceiling to be had from taking trey lance he didn't play a lot of football in college and that was what a lot of teams were kind of a little bit apprehensive mm. about but he's really got some tricks he's got a super high ceiling and um i you know, perhaps you talk about Mac Jones. Maybe what cost him was he, he doesn't quite have the athleticism that the Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lancers, yeah, Trevor Lawrence's, and, and the Zach Wilsons of the world in the draft do have. But um, we're seeing what he's doing at New England, and and you made a great point. The uh, the Pats they wait for the draft to come to them rather than going to the draft, don't they? So.
2: Well, the thing that's going to be interesting, I love in the in the early part of the preseason, and it does work beautifully in pre-season. I mean, when you can all be tricky, you can come in, I'll do one play, you do the next play. And it was, it worked beautifully in the preseason. But I'm going to be intrigued to see whether they, quite frankly, if they've got the balls to be able to do that and go into the regular season and see whether they'll do the same thing. Because eventually the noise is going to come loud for one of them. And... That's, that's the interest, interesting part that'll play out at, at your mob because, like I said, I think they get a lot of players back. And, you know, I mean, remember, it was only a, a, over a year ago that you played in the Super Bowl. So it is a pretty good team once you get it healthy.
1: Let's not talk about that Super Bowl, but uh, thanks, boys.
0: That was Front Page News. Coming up next, Corey interviews Nathan Chapman.
2: Well, welcome back to Third and Longwell. Every single week, we're going to hopefully have an NFL insider. And when it comes to Australia and punting, well, this man is synonymous with punting in Australia. He come, The man who started the famous Pro Kick Australia that's created so many pathways for our punters to go to America. Welcome, my old mate, Nathan Chapman. How are you going, brother? Lovely introduction. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You must, you must be paying
3: me. Oh, I'll send you a hat. (laughs) You do owe me a hat, by the way. I just got, actually, I just got some in yesterday. It's
2: on its way. First thing i ever I know that we'll all be, all the guys on here will be expecting, but uh, how are all our boys uh, looking going into the NFL season? It seems like Pro Kick Australia have got charges going on in every team, but just give us a brief snapshot of uh, some of the new guys, in particular, Aaron Sipos. Hey,
3: yeah, I mean, um, Sip has done really well. What a, oh, I guess a, you'd sort of say a dream running sense of um, got the opportunity after Kem left to go to Houston. And, you know, he, he'd technically been uh, on their roster a, a few weeks prior um, before training camp. And um, and then uh, when Kem decided to take, off to take off to Houston, then that sort of left that spot well and truly open. And I think the beauty that he had is they knew that he could do what Cam did. Um, and then it was just a matter of he took over and I didn't have any competition in the off season. So he just had to do his job. Um, so really credit to him for to doing that so far. And um, he sent me a message this morning saying he was pretty excited.
1: And Shaffy. On the other scale of, of things when it comes to the punters, we've seen uh, the 53-man roster now has been cut for all teams uh, in the NFL. Unfortunately, two of our guys, Jordan Berry at the Steelers and Max Duffy, who tried out with the Broncos, uh, got across to the Vikings for a crack. Neither have been listed. What happens to them now and can you kind of explain to us what the, what the punting merry-go-round looks like now for guys who haven't made the, uh, the initial roster?
3: Yeah, uh, a little bit of a different journey for both of them. Jordo's um, been in the league, you know, six years, so he's sort of um, he's got plenty of film, and they know what he's about. He's a, a, a veteran of sorts, and so for for Jordo's journey now, it's um, in the past has been once you move, you either get picked up straight away, so they get they get released, and they're on the waiver wire for twenty four hours, and then the club has a chance to bring him back in on the on the practice court if they want. Um, They picked up Presley Harvin in the draft. So, um, you know, they might want to bring Jordo back. They might want to just have that as a a security blanket for a little bit. It's it's a tough place to punt there at the Steelers. Um, But typically from a veteran, every other team seems to be settled. This is our guy. This is who we're going to run with. Um, But by week four, that's probably when the teams are again deciding whether they're happy with what they've got. And that's when the veterans would probably get a phone call to come in for a workout. So um, for Jordan, probably might be quiet unless he gets on a practice squad um, or uh, about week four if, if another team's having any dramas. And for Max Duffy, Max is uh, a little bit different. Um, if you don't spend enough time in the preseason or in training camp, then generally other teams there's there's other guys who have showed their wares, played in preseason games. And they're, they're generally the first guys to be brought back. So Max would be back to the drawing board, um, probably have some workouts here and there, but it'd be probably more setting up for next year. That's the general way it always generally works.
2: And Chappie, how much of a role are you still playing? Sorry, Paige, but um, yeah. So how much of a role are you still playing with those guys once, you know, I mean, they get a bit of a kick, a kick in the backside. And for those that don't know, you can effectively lose your spot just over a couple of bad kicks. So what sort of a role are you still playing? Um, you got many of the charges that are still in the in the NFL. What sort of a role are you still playing with them when it comes to that?
3: Uh they're all a little bit different. Sometimes it's just a, a support role. I and mean, again, COVID, you know, makes it hard for uh yeah, for us to do much, but still get some film sent back from the guys. Hey, take a look at this. They try and keep on top of it. Um, if they're feeling good. Um, they're okay and it's just touching base every now and again. But um, again, I've got, you know, at at certain stages, the guys will go through a period where they just really want to nail in what they're doing and getting ready for that either pre-season and want a little bit more height or a little bit more distance and just to go over some old, you know, training habit or uh, some film and just say, okay, keep an eye on this and go over some technical stuff. Just to know they're on the right track, and then they've they've got something to work out during the week and, and for the I guess for the weeks following. So pretty much support from here on in. Not much we can do except uh, have these Zoom sessions and and have a chat, make them feel good and happy and confident, and um, and send them back out there because yeah, it is a a tough role to have. Uh, you want to be on top of your game, but but certainly um, also f- feeling confident and comfortable and, and having that support is a great thing.
1: And talking about the guys that are still in the system. Uh, Mitch Wishnowski, the 49ers, they're tipped to go pretty deep this year. They've got quite a few guys back. They were decimated by injury last year. What kind of season can you sort of see uh, Mitch having at the 49ers uh, if they're to really kind of proceed deep into the, uh, into the postseason?
3: Uh, yeah, well, I guess the beauty about what Mitch has got, and, and any strong offence, um, Mitch has got great control over his going in kicks and um, his shorter range. He's got a cannon which, um, you know, there was a couple of demonstrations of that on the weekend. So each team's a little bit different, but those, you know, those teams that are going to score well and score often that you probably find that they get to about halfway. So where he becomes really important is, is putting that ball at the the seven yard line and making sure there's no touchbacks and giving the opposition plenty of field to have to track down. So um yeah, he's uh, he can be quite a weapon, old Mitch. And um and you'd sort of think though that, you know, kicking those two or three balls a game, you probably think if they're gonna go well he's he's gonna to have to earn his money sometimes and kick the long run, but it's gonna be the going in stuff that's just gonna help him a lot.
2: And Chappie, you, you must have had a, a little bit of a chuckle at, at different times that I mean, when the punters do these kicks and they try and rename them and there's spinners and all these sorts of things, you must have a little bit of a chuckle at that because seriously, if you had that much ball control, um, I think you'd be a magician if you could actually pick that out, that you could do that. You you must have a bit of a laugh at that at certain times when people think that they they make it spin like a tight list and and spin it back off the green. Yeah, well,
3: um, I guess uh, I'd like to just pleasantly agree with it and say, yes, we can do it. So get more of our guys and <laughs> let us show you how to do it. I mean, there's a oh, – you could probably put the odds in your favour to how you want it to land and, and there's a, a bit of a way to do it. But, yeah, you, you can't – you typically can't dictate which point of the ball it's going to land on after it travels 65 yards and rotates <laughs> 300 times. So uh, you you would be a magician for sure. Now, I'll ask one final question and
2: then I'll throw to page and then I'll wrap it up. But if you could – if you could take all the parts of different parts of our Aussie punters at the moment, like what are the parts would you take? Like you obviously maybe the mindset and then obviously you mentioned the leg and everything like that. But if you could, it's a bit like a golfer. If we could put together the dream golfer of having Tiger Woods' brain, Adam Scott's, Driving ability and and maybe Jordan speaks putting. What would be the prototype that you pull together the parts of some of the Aussie punters that we nearly have the perfect punter?
3: Yeah, right. Okay, um, good. <laughs> uh, Jordan Berry's flexibility. I know that his leg, oh, he goes straight up. Uh, you'd go, you'd go. Michael Dixon's confidence. The way he just he just absolutely does whatever the heck he wants, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I like the touch of Mitch Wisniewski. I like the venom of Cam Johnson. And you know what? I love the fluency of Aaron Sipos. There is a real blend. Hey, Sipos' leg, he looks so comfortable back there at the moment. Just, um, you know, knowing him and knowing his personality and the giggle that he has along the way with it, he's so well suited to this, uh, you know, the nature of the job about, you know, performing and I'd say not taking it serious. Of course he takes it seriously, but that ability to to look back and um, and get over things really quickly. So uh yeah, there's a there's a, there is a real blend. Oh, Cam Johnson, he's a he's a nuggety fireball, it just explodes through it. Mitch Wisnowski's so calm in the mind and looks so relaxed, but he's got such a powerful leg. And Digger, Dick Digger goes into it like here, watch this. This is I'm going to literally put on a show every time I kick it, and this is going to be crazy mayhem every time I go out to play. So it's it's pretty good to watch. Absolutely. Um, and I think, uh, I think, and I've sort of said it for a while. It's I just still reckon that there's more coming. Um, I think there's going to be more to it, and we've had a couple of guys actually going to the CFL this year, and there's actually been now a bit more time spent on in the in the pro sense, in the CFL, where they've moved the pocket a bit. There's been a bit of kicking the ball on the run. I think it now gives the NFL a real chance to see it work at the top level and see how they can open it up and, and see if it's going to work because I reckon there's a real spot for it, so I'm excited.
1: And, Chappie, you spoke then about what, is next to come. And, and speaking of those guys that might be next to come, Lou Henley is draft eligible this year, has been awesome at the U. Um, also, we've got Bailey Rice, who's just signed over there, as well as Mason Fletcher. What can you tell us about these guys that have got this AFL background that are now making waves in the U.S., coming into the college system and, um, you know, potentially looking at being drafted, if not picked up as a free agent in the, in the coming years?
3: Uh, yeah, um, uh, we're super excited about this season. It was a it was a weird, you know, the COVID year last year was sort of weird. The way it all played out, and there was oh, there wasn't as much fanfare, and the, the seasons were disjointed, and the games you didn't know if you were going to play. So that it, and everyone would have felt that the um, not there was no fluidity of momentum, and people didn't know if they were going to play or where they were going to play, and things were changed. Uh, And I feel as a collective, there are a number of guys who, because of the NCAA rules, got a chance to play again and and play another season. And, um, you know, we've got this feeling that everyone's so eager that last year's guys are going to really turn it up a notch. But we have some super, super talented guys coming through that are going to add to that. And so... Yeah, um, and, you know, it, it changes week to week about what situation you're going to be in, but we're, we're absolutely pumped and feel like that it, it's going to explode in terms of the creativity, uh, performance and all that type of thing. I think everyone's pretty keen to get back, but, yeah, there's some, there's some talented guys ready to rip in.
2: Now look, Chappie, um, look, on behalf of uh, third and long, I know it won't be the last time that we'll we'll talk this year, but look, I know all the Aussie NFL fans out there love how the Australian flag flies very, very high and see the impact that our boys are having on the game. I'm sure you can't fit in an AFL MVP that used to have a really good booming leg, as you know. Um, Can't fit me in now, but I would have loved to have done it. (laughs) No, but look... a big a big thanks on uh, on all the team at third and long, and we look forward to catching up with you during the year, and let's hope our blokes kill it once again.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm not that excited to be getting up at 2 o'clock. I'll put it on replay and catch it at 7.30. Yeah, pretty harsh, but they're the hard yards, mate, to watch
2: the NFL. That's what we've got to do in Australia, so no softness, Chappie. <laughs> okay, I'll take the softness tag. I'll see you at 7. <laughs> all right. We'll see you during the year, mate. Thanks for coming on.
3: No
2: worries, guys. you. Well, that was Nathan Chapman from Pro Kick Australia. Stay tuned because we are now taking it to the house.
0: Welcome back, guys. Next segment is To The House, brought to you by topsport.com.au, family owned and operated for the last 35 years. Bet with a bookie you can trust, bet with topsports.com.au. To The House is where we're going to talk about all things Betting for NFL. And what better man to join us on Third and Long than Nick Top Rope Tedeschi. Little Birdie viewers would have seen him cover the NRL, the golf majors, and recently the Olympic Games. So now we gear up for the NFL. Top Rope, welcome into Third and Long.
4: Great to be here and great to see you in the hot seat there, Andrew.
0: <laughs> yeah, working overtime here, Top Rope. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the house. This is a segment all built for yourself on uh, all things betting in the NFL. Um, So, what? How do you see the year uh, panning out this year, Top Rope?
4: Yeah, look. First of all, it's just fantastic to be back. You know, there's there's something to be said about the scarcity of games, and you know, one NRL season seems to roll into the next, and, and you kind of get there with a lot of sports, you know, golf and and whatnot. The NFL, you really – there's a fair off-season between the Super Bowl in early February and, and, and opening day in, in early September. I'm absolutely busy, as they say. So, um, yeah, look, I think it's going to be a fascinating season, particularly with the, the spectre of COVID hanging over it all and, and kind of the new protocols in place. I think we've seen a recording today on Wednesday. Uh, Cam Newton asked by the uh, – or did not make the 53-man roster for, for the Patriots – uh there's no doubt that's had something to do with with, with COVID, as far as as, far as, as i could tell as well as uh you know mac jones obviously out playing so that's that's definitely going to kind of come into the week, week beating uh in terms of the the season long stuff look on the afc side of things kansas city are again uh the the, the, the team to beat but i think the the, the challenges are, are certainly coming from a few different areas uh from from, from my point of view, I think the the, the the number one challenger on on the AFC side is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I'm very much not buying into the the Cleveland Browns hype this year. I think uh, that may be a little overreaked. I'd still rather be on Baltimore uh, to win that division. Uh, I think we're going to see some improved performances from from the Chargers and the new coach Brandon Staley. I think I think the Patriots uh, have been severely underrated this year. Uh, teams are we looking to take on? Buffalo, I'm not sure they're going to reach the same heights as, as last year. And the aforementioned mentioned uh, uh, Cleveland. I think the NFC side is a lot more open. I, I'm I'm looking at uh, the 49ers for a big bounce back season following the the spate of injuries they had last year. They they, they were one of the most injured teams kind of of the, the the last thirty years in the NFL. So I'm expecting them to to perform a lot better and. Uh, Trey Lance, he'll be transitioned to at some stage this year. Uh, Tampa Bay, you know, it, it's it's pretty hard to take on Tom Brady. I think the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, what what will be his or what could be his final year with them? I think uh, I think you get a a, a Super Bowl champion or at least a C champion from from probably three to four divisions there.
0: Okay, guys, so what we're going to do each week uh, at the panel of four that you see on the screen uh, will be granted $100 to invest. Uh, We're going to start off this week uh, with our Super Bowl prediction. So we'll each have $100 uh, coming up in the betting segment uh, for who we think will win the the Super Bowl and all profits throughout the year. Both of the Super Bowl and our weekly predictions will be tallied up and they will go to uh, Corey's platform, which is called Walk With Me Online um cory do you just want to come in and explain a bit about what your platform's about for mental health
2: yeah really quick uh you guys got to pull your fingers out because uh all the money goes to walk with me online uh look walk with me online it's a platform that uh helps people with their physical and mental uh fitness so yeah for everyone out there it's a great resource uh especially in times like these so all of you Make sure you pull your finger out. We want to see lots of money throughout the year, so rip into it.
1: What's the website there, Corey, so our viewers can then go and check it out, see what you're all about?
2: Uh, just walkwithmeonline.com and you'll be able to find out all the details there.
1: There you go. And you know what? Coming off the back of that, Corey, we, we know it's a it's an awesome time of year. It's time for the bold predictions, isn't it, boys? I think it's time to have a look At how the season may unfurl, we've seen so many changes to rosters, some key kids that have been drafted that are playing starting roles, and we've seen a lot of movement from vets as well that are taking up uh, spots at opposition teams. So let's just get straight into it. The AFC. Now, this is a jam-packed conference. Um, Marco, give us your tip. Who's going to be the AFC winner this year?
0: Okay, Paige, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Um, I know it's hard to pass to go past the Chiefs. um, But I just think the Bills got close last year in the championship game. They weren't too far away. Uh, They look a well-balanced side going into this year. And I just think the gap in the betting at the moment, the Chiefs being at 350 to the Bills 650, I'd be with the Bills at 650.
1: Corey, your thoughts?
2: Come on, Marco. You can't go past Kansas City. He's finally got some support, Patrick Mahomes. I I do think... I would love to see that for the AFC Championship, though, Kansas City versus Buffalo. I think that would be a fantastic match. But for mine, it's Patrick Mahomes and that, those guys winning that division.
1: Well, look, you guys have made some, you know, pretty good picks there. I just think there might be a bit of a fairy tale brewing here. And don't know, something's telling me about the Browns. I think Baker Mayfield and, and those guys put a good, good season together last year I don't know I'm going to get trashed for this all year and I welcome that OBJ he's back in business I like him but uh, I'd be having a look at the Ravens Titans as well I think in, in the AFC but Nick tell us where's the money going
4: uh, money uh, has been for your browns. They've certainly been oh. uh, well supported over the. Austin. Oh, you're kidding Brush me I, now, uh,
1: blokes, right? I I, I, can't,
4: <laughs> I can't find a metric to support them, but uh, that's where the, the punters uh, are all over. <laughs>
1: Cinderella story, I'm telling you.
4: Uh, and, and yours, MG. They've come for Buffalo as well, and they're another team that I can't uh, can't get behind. For me, uh, what about what about the Chiefs? There you go. Chiefs are solid. Chiefs are Everyone's all over the Chiefs. So That's it's, too easy uh, backing the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, too easy. Look, I, I, the Chiefs are going to be hard to beat, no doubt about that, but I'm going to go with a bit of value as well. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens at $8. Uh, they had Ooh. a pretty poor record in close games last year. There was a few bits and bobs. Not that worried about J.K. Dobbins injury. I think they will have a unique, a, a unique game, so I think they'll, they'll be hard to beat this year.
1: The NFC winner. Now, this one seems to be, you know, I feel like it's the express lane ticket. You win the NFC, obviously, you you have a good season in the NFC and you're going straight to this, this playoff game. Marco, take us away. Who have you got?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to be that easy. I mean, you might have said that last year and Tampa Bay end up winning the Super Bowl, so it could be something similar this year. Yeah, I'll going I'm going to make your day. I'm going to support your 49ers. Uh, I'm going to rule a line through last year. They just had far too many injuries. They've been the year. I'm going to take a form line through 2019 where they unfortunately uh, lost the Super Bowl. I think they got all their players back. They got a lot of weapons. Uh, they got solid at the quarterback. Whichever way they play, I think will be a positive. So I think at $7 for... For me, the 49ers is where I will pin my money.
1: Kittle, Bosa, Garoppolo, all back. Oof, I'm excited. Corey, what about you?
2: You're easily excited, Paige. You go for Collingwood. Now, I watch – I do like the 49ers. I do like Paige's 49ers and what they're about to get back. But that said, I did watch – I never have thought that a person that was 45 or 46 years old – is actually getting better. I was watching the way that Tom Brady was throwing the ball and if he maintains that and they've got all the same weapons from last year and a preseason under their belt, they are going to be super hard to beat. So they are my uh, winner of the NFC. 22.
1: All 22 starters retained. We have not seen that for quite some Never sometime. happened before. Exactly. So, I mean, they're only getting better, I feel. Um, look, it, I'm not going to not back my team, the, the 49ers, but... I think there's a bit of discussion that probably you know could be had around the Rams. Um, they have, they've got the number one defense in the NFL. They are phenomenal um, defensive outfit. So I just think there might be something brewing there in LA. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't mind having a you know just a little look again at the uh, at the Packers. You, you just never know what's going to happen there. But uh, and
2: Paige. Sorry, the thing with the Rams too, we're finally going to see Matt Stafford had always been the shining light always on Thanksgiving for the Lions. Now we're really going to see what he's like in the bright lights in the big city of Los Angeles. So that's that's going to be one to look forward to. Well,
1: look, he's either going to um, stump up or he's going to shit the bed, isn't he, Corey? So we'll find out very quickly. But uh, Nick, tell us, where's the money going in the NFC?
4: Yeah, money uh has definitely been coming for the forty nine ers they are certainly the street corner tip to win the NFC. Uh here once all the analytics guides have come out, they are absolutely uh kind of firming they have they have litfrogged the Rams to win the NFC West as well. So uh in, in terms of betting. Uh for mine, there are only four teams that can win the NFC. The Packers, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and I think The Smoky uh, is the Minnesota Vikings, I think. They are severely underrated Uh, this year. Look, My tip will be the San Francisco 49ers. I think they are well-balanced. They're well-built. They're really well-coached. And I think kind of like you guys have all said, they really tossed the town last year. It wasn't about winning last year. It was about getting ready for this year. Uh, I think they are uh, excellent value to win the NFC. You get seven or 50 things to win the NFC.
1: Well, it's lovely to have you all on board. I welcome more bandwagon supporters <laughs> onto the 49er train. Um, it's good to have you here. Uh, Super Bowl, boys. This is the the big one, the big ticket item. Um, we've we've said the NFC may have the easier side of the draw. AFC is jam-packed. Uh, Who's going to lift the Lombardi trophy there, Marco? Who have you got for us?
0: Yeah, this is where the money's going to kick off for the start of the year for Corey's uh, walk with me online. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Buffalo Bills. Um, I just think they had a taste for it last year. I like sides that have, have gone close. I think they'll improve. Um, on the back of an, a quarterback that has a lot of upside. Uh, I just think at the the $10, I think Buffalo Bills will give you a good run for your money. So for Corey's uh, walk with me online, I'm putting my $100 on Buffalo
2: Bills.
1: Corey, your thoughts. Where's your money going?
2: Uh, well, given I have uh, hoisted the Lombardi Trophy in Indianapolis, uh, I would a think... Head
1: wobble. <laughs> Is there yes, anything you haven't would... done, mate, or...?
2: No, not much. Not much, I haven't. I reckon, look, Patrick Mahones, look, if we we all saw the Super Bowl last year. He was getting chased around like a chicken and had no support. Now, in the off-season, the Chiefs have actually done something about it. I'm just backing him to come back. And mind you, the dream Super Bowl that I'm after, I want to repeat and see what happens with a fair fight. Let's have a fair fight with Patrick Mahones and Tom Brady and then we can see um, I mean, who comes out on that battle? Because last year it wasn't a fair fight with the injuries they had. So I'm going for Kansas.
1: Well, I'm going to stop you right there. It's going to be the 49ers, boys. It's, <laughs> there's, oh, there's the 49ers are just going – they're going for revenge. And you know what? They're going to do it against KC. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's put it all behind him, all right? I'm convinced. We know he had so a you're man, but... Your
2: world, you're putting your whole faith in Jimmy Garoppolo, are we?
1: No, I'm putting it partially in Jimmy Garoppolo, but mostly in Trey Lance. It's 50 That's 50 cents the kicker. Each, right? I'm going to back the 49ers to, to turn it around big time this year. But Nick, what are we looking at in the market?
4: Yeah, favourites definitely Kansas City uh, and Tampa Bay on the second line of betting there. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens to win it all. Uh, definitely like the 49ers uh, play there, but I'm going to go with the Ravens at around $15 to, uh, uh, to get the cash. I just think uh, Lamar's in for a bit of a bounce back season. I think they've got some support at wide receiver. They were, of the teams that went well last year, the kind of the key metrics I look at in terms of uh, you know, close games and a few other kind of uh, indicators that all point to an improved season. So, I think we could be looking at a one or two seed there for for the Ravens and a a chance to go all the way.
1: Well, they did say uh, last year that it was Super Bowl or bust coming into 2021. So you might be onto something there, Nick, but the MVP is something that uh, it's been such a quarterback winner's uh, award over the years, isn't it? Um, There's always a QB that puts their hand up for this award. Marco, who are you tipping for the MVP this year?
0: Except for that place kicker that you told us it won it in 82 earlier in the
1: show. Not a a place kicker. (laughs) I mean, what happened to everyone else? Did everyone else just fall over? I'm
0: I'm not sure that's a fact. Um, That's what Google told me and I believe
1: it.
4: (laughs) Uh, that's
0: fact, that's fact,
1: ever, Jake. That is. Thank geez. you very much. See, you should come on more often, Nick. You're going you're gonna to be out of a job soon, Marco. But...
0: And he's wearing a 49ers cap. Look at him when he dips his <laughs> lid. <A> fair <laughs> income. i tell you what. Where'd you buy that
4: from? 49ers since Don Lane introduced me to Joe Montana.
1: Fair well, enough. there you go. There's not much other reason to do so. But um Marco, what yeah. have you got for MVP for us, mate?
0: Well, since I'm going to stick with Buffalo Bills uh, going all the way, I'm going to have to back the quarterback in. So I'm a bit, um, I'm a bit all in and I'm going to go Josh Allen again around the $10 mark. Uh, I think uh, he, he has a lot of weapons both uh, through the air and on the ground. So I think at $10, he's going to give you a good run for your money because Buffalo will be at the top end.
1: Corey, who have you got for us?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buck the, the trend of the whole Mahomes train in Kansas City but yeah I, I tend to agree with Marco with the with the year that he had last year I, I think Josh Allen and I do like those odds at ten dollars so Josh Allen for the MVP
1: I would love to see the trend bucked here in terms of it being a, a QBs role but I wonder if I really do wonder if there'd be any love for Aaron Donald from the uh, from the Rams to uh, as a defensive player to actually win it. He um, he's a monster, absolute monster. I think every franchise would want him on their roster. But oh, uh, look, I, I couldn't even tell. You. Can a tight end win it? I don't even know. Um, I feel like a guy like Stefan Diggs might actually be someone that might be worth having a look at. I think he had a tremendous season last year and if we're stepping out from the QB trend, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a wide out like a like a Stefan Diggs or a Tyreek Hill or, or something like that. It it'd be quite interesting. But Nick, what about you? Where's where's the money in terms of the MVP market?
4: Yeah, Patrick Mahomes' clear favourite. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is is probably my uh, pick among the uh, top echelon there. Uh, Josh Allen's been heavily supported, but uh, where well, I'm going to go I'm going to go a little wider. I'm going to go at 20-1 uh, to 1, Russell Wilson at Seattle. I think they're going to be airing the ball out quite a bit. I love the Gerald Everett signing. I think he's uh, uh, a little uh, – is he fit uh, over the offseason to kind of get a bit more support there? I, I think we're going to see Seattle with a, a, a much more balanced and a much more long-lasting offence as you
2: now, Nick, when you were saying that, I was actually thinking who was good value. And I know in the off-season that Russell Wilson has been working with Tim Grover. Now, for those that don't know Tim Grover, he was actually Michael Jordan's one-on-one coach. So in the off-season, I know that Russell Wilson's actually been working with him one-on-one. And I thought, when you said it, 20 to one, that's very juicy, people. Get on
4: it. Absolutely. So I think, Sal, a pretty good year and a pretty tough division. That division could... Could conceivably see three playoff teams kind of advance in that one. So, uh, look, Wilson. Wilson gets a lot of love as well. Wilson, I think, was the favourite through uh, six to eight weeks last year. So he's, he was. Uh, um, I think we're going to see a pretty good year. I Just think, Seattle are going to be built for a bit more of a, a, lot, a bit more sustainable this year than they were last year.
1: And lastly, I love this market because I'm just a bit of a draft nuff. But the rookie of the year. I know we love to look at the Offensive Rookie of the Year and the Defensive Rookie of the Year and everyone gets an award for something or other, but who can foreseeably win Rookie of the Year? I reckon there's probably someone that you're well and truly on the bandwagon of given the news overnight, Marco. Who's, who's your tip for Rookie of the Year?
0: Yeah, obviously Mac Jones is uh, he's now in favourite at uh, $4 with uh, Cam Newton departing, so he's been the number one choice. But I'm going to stick out wide with your team again, this theme of the 49ers. I think if you're going to go deep, I'm going to be on the back of Trey Lance at $8. Uh, he's about, what are we, fifth pick in the market at the moment. So I think he's a bit more value than Mac Jones over $4. Corey,
1: what about you?
2: As I mentioned... It's well, not all of them can be uh, a success straight up can they you've got trevor lawrence and mac jones and trey lance someone has to fail um but look the one i'll go with i think trevor lawrence so i think uh i think what he's been doing thus far had a had a good last game in the preseason and looks incredibly comfortable and, and he's got composure beyond his years and but the real stuff starts and, and this is where it all gets serious this week and we're gonna find out. But he's my pick for rookie of the year.
1: It's uh it's gonna be a fascinating market, both really good picks. I think I think Zach Wilson's gonna do great things at the Jets and, and they've been a, a team that's really, you know, struggled um of late and he's certainly gonna give them hope, but there's a few guys I kind of want to point out. Um, Najee Harris for me at Pittsburgh, um, I think he is going to be tremendous for them and he really boost their running game this year. Um, I don't think we're going to see too much from um, from Big Ben in terms of the throwing game. And I think when you've got a weapon like Najee Harris who can, who can run the ball so well and he's in his routes... Um, and the way he moves and can get yardage, I think he's going to be someone. he might even be a bit similar to uh, in, in his season this year, what we saw as Chase Claypool last year, um, who really you know blew up massively. Um, Kyle Pitts for me, I'm a massive fan. I'm a lover of tight ends. Um, I think he's he's got all the the best parts of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle kind of combined. This is a once in a generational tight end that we're going to see and and at Atlanta he's going to play immediately and that offense looks really good I think we're going to see big um, inroads from him and and I'll tell you what if you're looking if we're going to like kind of signal out a defensive rookie of the year your money should absolutely be going to Micah Parsons there is him daylight everyone else I do not see anyone coming close to Micah Parsons at the Cowboys uh, for defensive player of the year and uh, you know Jaden Waddle at Miami, they've got some really good uh, movement in terms of what their offense looks like. He's worth having a nibble on, I think. But if I had to go with one, uh, look, you guys have stolen a bit from me. I'll go with I'll go with Kyle Pitts just as a bit of an outsider here. But Nick, where's the market telling us we should go?
4: Well, oh, Matt Jones has obviously been off the off the map overnight since or today since news come that he was starting. Oh, I think. He is a clear standout for me. I think he's the most NFL ready and will be coached up the best uh, in a situation where you know he can win and win pretty early in the field. I, I, Trevor Lawrence, I think, will, will will be the best quarterback in the league, but and they come from a pretty low base. But I think it's going to take Urban Meyer a little while to adjust from the college game to the pro game. I think there's going to be a fair. You know, I think I think the learning curve might be a little akin to Peyton Manning when he broke into the league. There, yeah. You know, it may turn out great but i don't think it's only bells and whistles at the start um looking for a bit of value two down the board uh in the offensive rookie of the year that i think are worth looking at uh trey sermon 26 dollars, will get a lot of carries at the niners this year uh, i don't think it'll be long before he ascends to uh rb1 there uh and uh terrace marshall jr uh he was outstanding for carolina but one of the leading receivers during the preseason. Has probably bringing himself up to, to to wide receiver three. Uh, at a team that is probably going to struggle this year. They're against a couple of high-powered offences in the division. They'll be throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, if Darnall can start right, and that's a big if, Marshall's going to get a fair bit of it, I think. So uh, $67, I think you could have a few uh, shekels on
0: Thanks for joining us, guys, on show number one. Uh, I'd like to thank Little Birdie, uh, topsport.com.au. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts from.